0: i Spaces
1: Daniel, and welcome back now as Wagme and not Coin Club. We just rebranded, it's becoming official. I don't know if you can request to speak, Daniel, but uh, I like your new profile picture joining in on the bad kids tsunami happening around Twitter. <laughs> What's up, Wagme team? I like the rebrand and thank oh. you.
2: I had to go for a bad kids eventually. And luckily i did it before uh, the huge
1: bull run <laughs> yeah that's one of the that's one of the I, there's so many things that uh one faded uh, over the years when you've been in crypto bad kids is one of them for me at least personally i looked at a couple of bad kids i think six months ago or something and then i just f- f- kind of forgot about it and went on to other things and uh, now i'm just Looking myself in the mirror as if I'm an idiot. So <laughs> it almost hurts every time I see back kid out there.
2: And, uh, I, I was like, I was gonna buy, and then I did it Then shot up to five hundred dollars, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna wait for it to drop again. And then eventually, I just went in at two thousand dollars. I was just like, you know, what, let me get this done with. And now <laughs> I was just actually saying, I wish I bought two because, like, if you own a bad kid, and you're in cosmos. You actually can't sell them because you want to own it. You know. And yeah. uh, I wish I'd bought one to own and one to sell, <laughs> like one for a quick profit and one to keep forever. True, but uh, I think there'll be a lot of airdrops still, um, still coming into it. So,
1: yeah, it's crazy how, um, I mean, there must be a I don't know when you bought yours, but it must be paying for itself with uh, with all these airdrops coming in. I mean, Tia, I think. Dimension also. Yeah, and I, I missed the Dimension
2: hours. cutoff date by like two days, unfortunately. I mean, it was be, I bought it before Dimension Airdrop was announced, but then I missed. Uh, I was like two days too late or something, unfortunately. But I think there's going to be uh, a, a lot more. I mean, we'll definitely be running some sort of incentive thing for 42 and bad kids for sure at some point.
1: Definitely, definitely.
2: So go get your bad All kids, right.
1: everyone. <laughs> yeah go uh, jump on the bandwagon here guys and don't, on the don't bad be like wagon. me on the bad wagon exactly yeah. <laughs> but all right daniel so um yeah we are officially uh, rebranded as WagMe, as you can see and we have some uh, announcements around that but uh, now we can already see that the where the profile is the, is changing we are changing to the website as well and, and many other things but uh, we'll make some uh Due announcements when uh, when we get there, but for the time being, thank you so much for for joining back. Um, of course, this is being recorded and we upload it on Spotify, etc., on all the different podcast platforms. Um, but for anyone who hasn't been listening to the previous Space uh, podcast episode that we did, perhaps you could just introduce yourself and uh, how you ended up working on and building uh, Forty Two. Sure. So
2: um, yes, I'm Daniel. Uh, I grew up in South Africa, and I um, I studied finance, and I worked in investment banking for a few years. Uh, then worked at a fintech company for about two years. After that, moved over to Berkeley to do an MBA, and uh, that was sort of the time. I mean, I was investing in crypto since 2017, but um, at uh, while I was studying, at the time, I actually. But my first full-time job in crypto and that was with Binance and their venture capital team so worked there for a, a while and then uh, and then founded 40 42 which was almost two years ago now um so we founded that sort of just before the terror thing happened um and been running it ever since we we started off by building on evmos and after terror crash and evmos sort of wasn't uh, coming to fruition in the way that we thought they were going to we took a step back and spent the next few months identifying what we should pivot into and uh, through starting to build on Avmos, I really started becoming familiar with the Cosmos ecosystem Uh started meeting a lot of the people in the ecosystem and then uh, essentially like just started really looking at what the Cosmos ecosystem needs and about six months after after that in a in October 2022, we we pivoted into the direction that we're going in now, and that was at a at the hackathon, the Cosmoverse hackathon in May. I met my new uh, my new teammates who joined as founding engineers, two of the guys from the hackathon, and uh, we've been building in this direction now for for over a year, almost a year and a half now, actually. Um, yeah, and that's uh, that's pretty much my story.
1: Just out of curiosity. Uh... What made you uh, switch away from FMOS? Like You mentioned that uh, like, you know, you're pivoting because the direction that FMOS took wasn't what you expected. But for anyone who is uh, perhaps unaware or uneducated on the history of Etherment and, uh, and FMOS, perhaps you can, uh, you can just dwell a little bit on that.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, so, I mean, pretty much FMOS, we, we, we knew the team from Berkeley and um, so my, my co-founder at the time was also a berkeley engineer um and the evmos team too was at was at berkeley so, so we knew the team pretty well um and and there was a lot of hype around it back in 2022 and early 2022 so i think i think go, going back to i mean what you mentioned in like uh, tendermint etc uh, you, you said tendermint right it was tendermint unless i'm getting confused yeah wasn't no, it was Etherment, yeah, right? What was it called? Yeah. Etherment, Etherment, yeah, yeah that's, sorry. Um, so yeah, I think Etherment, if I'm not mistaken, the Etherment team and the, the uh, Evmos was the Etherman team, and I think they were building an EVM, if I'm not right, in, on, on the Cosmos ecosystem. And I, I'm, I'm actually not too sure about what, why that sort of fell apart, but I do know that the Evmos team and, and the Etherman team were very similar. Um, but Evmos sort of went through this like big rebrand or whatever it was, um taking etherment into into what then became evmos and evmos had a lot of hype amongst uh among uh, or had a, had a lot of hype in in early 2022 before they launched and then and then they went into launch and unfortunately they just had like a, they ran into a lot of mishaps um through their launch process uh, i know the chain halted and i think the validators weren't working and potentially they had some security breach or whatever it was and um and I know they had to eventually they, they yeah, they halted the chain and sort of decided to to delay their launch for a while. Um, and then in that time, uh that they delayed the launch, they just lost, I think a lot of, a lot of positive hype in, in the community firstly, and then secondly, terror crashed in, in between the, the, the first launch and the new launch, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I guess I'm just trying to jog my memory on all of this, but, um, so. And and yeah, so so really, really, they we, we sort of were looking at it, and we we had we were, we were deployed on their test net, and we were approved for a grant, but we were sort of looking at it and be like do we do we want to um build on on this chain that may never like come to fruition?" And I was speaking to other people, and they were saying, "Why are you choosing a chain with such low t v l to build on? you're just going to sort of make your life hard um and one of the big lessons that sort of led us in this new direction was not to take single chain risk anymore like because and I, and I remember speaking to other founders at the time who were like who had previously built on like Polkadot or built on uh, solano or whatever it was at the time and they were just saying to me like just let's go play on ethereum like let's go play where where the where the players are playing kind of thing um and but yeah i think to a large degree i realized not to take single chain risk and and that was sort of the reason I decided to move into the Cosmos space, because although I was taking Cosmos ecosystem risk there, at least I was looking at taking uh, inter-chain risk. And sort of like, if any one chain fails, we still have the rest of the Cosmos ecosystem to, to deploy on. So that was actually one of the big reasons that I, I that 42 moved into what they are today,
1: was to not have single-chain risk. Beautiful, and I think that's a good segue to uh, anyone listening or re-listening uh, on the podcast. What is 42, and why people should pay attention here? Yeah, so 42 uh,
2: really is an what we what we are now sort of. We've also kind of gone through our own little rebrand, but we're calling it the interface to the interchain. So really, just one place where users can uh, can go and and interact with. Uh, sort of asset management strategies across all the chains from one interface so instead of a user uh, especially new users to the cosmos ecosystem um they they often don't know where to start and we we sort of want to be that starting point where users can hop onto the 42 platform and can just state what they would like to do in in natural language ideally like that's that's sort of in the in the short-term roadmap state i want to purchase this token or what are the best uh, strategies across these chains or what are the what's the best yield I can get uh, not even caring about risk in the Cosmos ecosystem and they can say that in natural in, in English or in any language on our platform and we go and source that information and display it to the user and sort of guide users through their DeFi process by saying these for example, these are the best yields would you like to deposit into one of them and then the user would say yes, deposit 20 usdc and then we would say to to confirm we will need to perform a swap of usdc into osmo for example and we'll we'll just guide the user through that full transaction flow on our front end
1: so wait you're using uh you mentioned natural natural language processing so you're using like a, a chatbot kind of interface like ChatGPT, for example that's the first thing that comes yes, to mind that. or is it the yes. yeah yeah Yep. So that that that's where
2: we're, what we're sort of building towards in one of our later version releases. We have done some like basic testing of of this sort of stuff, but right now in our in our current beta version that is live, that that uh, natural language is not available. But
1: uh, yes, that that definitely is in our short term roadmap. Interesting. That's the first time, and I've spoken to a lot of teams. <laughs> that's the first time I I really see uh, you know, uh, ch- chat interfaces and. Uh, chatbots, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, these assistants that we all know and love, I'm sure, out there, um, into a, a sort of DeFi uh, play, which which you guys are, uh, where you can mm. yield optimize, et cetera. I think that's uh, that could be a winning ticket, man. I mean, um, people get super confused super fast. I mean, most people, I'm sure, listening to this are DGEMs, but uh, there's a lot of people out there uh, coming into this the space, especially these days and you know it's it's a big learning curve let's just say that uh to get into the whole DeFi space with all these different yield strategies and whatnot so having like a natural language processing interface a chat interface um yeah i can see that work i i wasn't aware because you i guess that's a that's a good question uh where are, where is 42 right now because i know there's a, obviously a website where you can connect your wallet but then there's a whitelist, right, uh, where you have to whitelist your wallet, and then you get access. So maybe you can talk about where you are right now. Yeah, sure. So right now we are
2: in our beta, our beta product. So essentially, um, we have whitelisted about sixty users. So we've got like some, uh, some just early DeFi users in our ecosystem who are actively testing out the product. Um, and just giving us feedback while we iron out iron out a bunch of bugs and sort of get ready for launch. So we are hoping to to get our launch um, sort of. I would say we we are just dealing with some like compliance stuff at the moment that that we want to sort out before we do go live. But um, I would I'd hope that our launch happens within the next like three weeks is is my plan. Although it always seems like it's three weeks away but um yeah as soon as this compliance stuff is is sorted out we will be ready to to go live um at least with a very basic um beta it's like nowhere near obviously where we want it to be but we do want to just get it out into the market and start getting user user feedback on it um so even if the product is not perfect we do think we can get it into a good place over time um, and so so right now we've What's deployed is we are able to um, stake to, to uh, liquidity pools across five chains with auto-compounding. Uh, we have liquid staking integrated in, in, in our site, and that's, that's with Stride. We have a DEX aggregator um, with, the, with Skip, using Skip API, and, uh, and we can stake to any validator with auto-compounding across, across all IBC-enabled chains, all from one front end.
1: Beautiful and just to loop back to our previous discussion on uh, Evmos, what the five chains are you uh, launching with and perhaps why? Um, Yeah, sure. So we're uh, we're launching on Osmosis
2: Neutron and then we I mean, I guess we've deployed our smart contracts on Juno But that that was deprecated so I shouldn't include it. Uh, But so I guess it's Neutron um, Osmosis Terra, and then we're on Kujira testnet, so we just need to move that to mainnet. But then we're looking at rolling. We're looking at rolling out into a few more like shortly after. So it will be Injective, um, probably Archway soon. Uh, and we are focused right now on, on the Cosmosm chains. Um, so yeah, the, the, those are sort of the our primary our primary chains that that we're
1: looking at right now. Beautiful, beautiful. So you're striking partnerships left and right. Uh, if for anyone who is uh, following you guys on Twitter will see that there's all these different mm-hmm. announcements uh, besides your own product updates. Um, mm-hmm. One of them is uh, Skip Protocol, which we really mm-hmm. love over here. We love Magnus and his his team. We had him on a few times, uh, and I think actually we might have him back on the, this week because they're also shipping like there's like there's no tomorrow. But yeah, talk to us about the partnerships that you guys are striking, um, uh, both Skip Protocol, but any other that you wanna that you wanna highlight. Yeah, sure. So,
2: so yeah, I mean, we we've had a really good partnership with Skip. I think Skip are just doing amazing things in the ecosystem in general. Obviously, they are. Um, yeah, they're, they're sort of looking at the IBC ecosystem and just saying like, what what needs to be done here. And uh, and going about doing it, which is which is great to see, because I think I think the IBC is almost like uh, the commons, and and I don't know if you know or if the listeners know, but it's like what the tragedy about the tragedy of the commons, whereby if there's something that that everyone uses, no one takes care in, in actually maintaining it. So, um, so I think Skip has been just like incredible in understanding that that someone needs to go and do the heavy lifting and and make it efficient. And I think that they're really like deploying some good tech in that space and just making the IBC more usable for everyone, which will hopefully rise all ships. And and I hope Skip gets uh, rewarded in, in some way, shape or form for their efforts in, in that. So, yeah, they've just been an amazing partnership. We're obviously we've been working closely with them for their uh, for their DEX aggregator API. And and essentially, the, they do around the IBC like they're experts in what I call like long-range um, token token transfers. So like getting token A from chain A to token B on chain B. Then sort of where 42 comes in is once you have token B on chain B, how do you get it into the right yield strategy? And that's sort of where we come in and and, and display that to users and route users funds um, into the right place. So although we use the Skip API. It's really Skip who's transferring the tokens, um, even though it happens all on the 42 front end. So, yeah, that's been one of our great partnerships. And, and like, I can just say that my team loves working with the Skip team. Uh, their engineers are just top class and and really, like, always on top of it. And and I think we, we've even helped them out with some things. They help us out. So it's been a really good partnership. Um, some of the other partners... And I, I guess I guess this quite nice for 42 because we are obviously not building our own chain, so we're not like competing, and because we are this like almost like this this interface to the interchain, it really makes sense for uh, chains to want to work with us. Because any chain that doesn't want to work with us, essentially like or or, it, or isn't um, maybe proactive or um, or willing. They, they essentially would be potentially left out of this like interchain interface, so obviously r- right now um forty two is in this position of just like trying to work with as many partners, but we are also like pretty limited on capacity. I mean, we have three engineers on the team, so um we we sort of hit our capacity constraints pretty quickly, but we are looking at bringing some more engineers on the team pretty soon. We've just also close up our pre-seed round which we're pretty happy about um so yeah so that gives us a little bit more flexibility
1: to grow the team and and hopefully get these integrations done quicker beautiful and you just mentioned the fundraise uh yes congratulations to you and your team uh, i think it's uh, a well deserved what's the money going to be spent on okay. so you you mentioned that beefing up the team uh that makes sense but uh what are you guys going to work on with the, with that fundraise? Uh, obviously, going to mainnet is the first priority I can imagine. But uh, yeah, talk to us about uh, what is the fundraise going to be spent on.
2: Yeah, so, um, so yeah, I think really growing the team and, and building a community, I think that, that's sort of our, our main priorities. Like we, we've been, to a large degree, 42 is a front end app. So we are looking for front end developers to join the team. Um, and, and really just start like scaling these integrations and and building a community like i went i want more of our team actually being in touch with the community and, and building a strong community of followers that that want to see 42 succeed um so yeah i'd say i'd say tech and marketing are the two primary things um what else are we going to spend the money on yeah that's really it just like I think we're in this phase now of just like get the product out there Um get the product out there and get it, get it known. I mean, I, we actually had a, a Twitter space last week, Thursday with Magnus from skip where we, where we discussed um, the the iterations or, or what fundraising actually means. And it's like fundraising is essentially like a check, like a checkpoint. You hit this like fundraise checkpoint and then you can experiment with the money in order to find product market fit. and, we obviously we've only raised a pre-seed so we it's not like we have unlimited runway so it's really about like just deploying this getting user feedback and then hopefully if our if users are liking liking their app then we double down and uh, probably raise another round and, and accelerate growth um and if users are not liking the app then as for any startup it's like okay well where how much runway do we have left and where can we take this app based on I guess what we've currently learned and/or built, um, and what's the new direction we can take this into, find product market fit.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a classic uh, startup challenge in general: uh, finding product market fit and then scaling from there. Uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you, talk, you talked about the, uh, the roadmap and obviously the, the seed round. I think uh, many people out there listening or re-listening to this. They will be uh, thinking about okay, so what are people actually investing in? uh Usually, in our industry, it will be a potential token coming out. Is there anything you can say about that, uh, Daniel? If not, just let us know. But uh, we will get a lot of flag from the community if we didn't ask that question. <laughs> um, you said, are there any? What's the plan for the token?
2: Was that the question?
1: Yeah, basically, uh, the investors are they buying into a future token to be issued? Uh, can you tell mm. anything about a token uh i'm just sort of digging for alpha here as you can uh, as you can hear <laughs> yeah
2: so um, we we did uh, the, the round was raised with the safe and a token warrant um for the for the use of a token obviously um in case there is one um where we're at right now is once again just focus on uh on getting the product out there and and, and testing users and uh and see what what this is like so so i mean if we were to do a token it would be um post the seed round i would say we would probably still do a seed round before token and this isn't nothing what i'm saying is is guaranteed by any stretch but um yeah so it's really really we we are still deciding it And, and and just weighing up the pros and cons i mean one of the I uh, obviously am a big believer in in DeFi and, and the use of decentralization, of which a token is like an amazing mechanism to to do that, to decentralize your protocol. And um, I think firstly that, and secondly, obviously a token is is an amazing marketing incentive, whereby if your users are the um, are the the proponents of your protocol, so so these are all things we we are taking into account. Um, I think there's definitely some some good benefits to to launching a token, but also I don't want to launch a token too soon. Potentially, if we don't have product market fit, and and essentially, I, I don't want the token to just like dump. Like if if we do do the token, I want it to be that for the long term uh, value of all, of
1: all of our holders and end users. For sure. For sure. I wanted to uh, perhaps ask you a bit of a left field question but you mentioned the uh, skip and public goods um and most <laughs> sadly um with public goods typically it, it needs is required uh, for a thriving ecosystem but nobody wants to maintain it or build it in the first place skip is uh, very much taking that role um mm-hmm. yourself is becoming sort of like a hub for everything DeFi, a one-stop shop Everything DeFi, especially in Cosmos. Mm-hmm. So something that I, you know, when you mentioned skip and public goods and uh, this thinking about this one-stop shop uh, for all things DeFi and Cosmos, have you considered deploying on the Cosmos Hub? Um, you know, renting security uh, from the Cosmos Hub, deploying as a consumer chain, uh, for example, or are you more focused on sort of? the DAP layer right the application layer where you just integrate with whatever uh, chain uh, that is ipc enabled talk to us about that the uh, strategy there
2: yeah. yeah i would say um i would say for we, we're just focused on the dap layer um i i don't really see and I, i'd love to hear your thoughts on this too but i, I don't really see such a use case for uh, deploying our own chain or anything specifically like with Cosmos Hub, at least right now, um, for for us really it just makes sense. This, there's there's already enough chains out there, so I don't I don't really see the need for us to to deploy our own chain right now, where we can just make use of all the chains. Like I think I think block space is pretty abundant at this point in the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, so yeah, I don't really see such a use case for our own chain.
1: I don't either. I was just thinking about it because uh, launching a token, very often, uh, if not always, in Cosmos means that mm-hmm. you're launching your own chain, either an app chain or a consumer chain, sovereign app chain mm-hmm. or consumer chain that runs security from Cosmos up. Um, that uh-huh. almost like synonymous uh, in Cosmos, but of course, in uh, if we are in, in the Ethereum ecosystem, by far most uh, dapps that have a token. Do not deploy their own chain of course dytx is an exception moving to to now mm-hmm. building their own Cosmos chain um so yeah it was just a question uh, because i know you know there's different uh, opinions about this and different uh, approaches and strategies to to do this i don't see a use case either to deploy your own chain at least in the short term but maybe in the in the longer term right uh, especially when you have uh, your own token I guess I can ask you: Do you have like a preferred place to launch a token? Then, because uh, there's many options. Then, uh, if you if you're not launching your own chain, you're you're pretty pretty open basically to where you could launch a, a token. I think that's that's something that's interesting. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, now um, I can.
2: Sorry, uh, my Wi-Fi cut for some reason. Um, yeah, where will we launch our S- token? um i don't know we'll have to obviously see at the time um i mean obviously we would like the token to be uh, to be interoperable across chains i mean that's that's our whole thesis on the space is that like why why should anything sit on one chain as opposed to across multiple chains so um, yeah so really where where the token launch will happen i'm not too sure um i mean it would probably there would definitely be like dex allocation to for sure like osmosis etc but um yeah right now still still open to two options
1: makes sense makes sense let's talk about what's uh what's ahead uh daniel so you're building things um but uh you you, you mentioned in the beginning here some something that i find pretty exciting and, and unexpected also that you are launching, for example, a chat interface uh, where you could ask uh, the, the, the chatbot where to optimize yield for USDC or, or whatever. Um, what else is of sort of on the, on the longer-term roadmap? I think uh, you guys are very smart guys, very innovative guys. So I'm sure you have some pretty, uh, pretty interesting ideas that you want to build on top of the, the foundation of Boardit2. Uh, of mm, mm, that's a good question. So pretty much what other cool stuff are we building?
2: Um can you can you still hear me? Yep. Yes. Louder okay. Okay. um so some of the other cool stuff we're looking at building, I mean, we, we want to reduce friction as much as possible for users to to do transactions. So like something sort of in the shorter turn road roadmap is like swap to deposit in in one transaction, so it's like if you want to get into a liquidity pool on osmosis, for example, but you maybe have a um i don't know a token that's not in that liquidity pool say usdc um we want to offer the ability to the user just goes use the liquidity pool and we just make and they can click deposit, and we once again will just prompt the swap swap usdc into whatever it is at the osmo and deposit directly into the pool with auto compounding. So that, that like, we think can take a lot of friction away. Um, we see a lot of stuff for the user um, for, for, for new users coming to the platform in terms of like, uh, sort of educational onboarding. So like, and, but this also falls within the, the natural language stuff. But it really has this interface to the interchain things like, I want the user to come on and say, like, what can I do here? or like what does this mean? you know? and really, like we think that that's the way for for users to to onboard into firstly crypto and secondly into the cosmos ecosystem by learning as they as they go um because I think it's just such an intimidating thing for most users. Um, then we're obviously one of the one of the, the new things coming out soon will be our portfolio dashboard. so they were working pretty closely with with Pulsar finance to. To implement uh, a lot of the data that they have, and that will include things like your positions across chains, as well as uh, the NFTs that the users are holding. So, really, users can get like a full, uh, comprehensive view of their interchain dashboard before making these financial decisions. Um, let me think, what else? We're looking at some lending stuff too. We've already built out the interface for that. We just got to plug in and um, for uh, essentially for more Degen users to, to be getting higher yields. And yeah, I'd I'd say that's it to a large degree. So like the, the reason we we've sort of moved away from saying we're the front end to the interchain is because I actually don't want the front end to be there. I just want it to be an interface, like a new a new way of interacting with with the interchain beyond just a front-end UI, actually when no front-end UI and users to just say what they can do.
1: But then that's obviously the longer-term stuff. Interesting. Are you guys uh, like thinking about 42 as the the few, how, a, how a bank should look like going forward? It, it, it sounds an awful lot like. A, a sort of future promising bank, right? Where you just have a simple interface where you can talk to a a chat interface or whatnot, and then it just does the magic under the hoods. I don't need to think about it. Is that sort of the vision here?
2: That is the vision, exactly. That's where we want to go with this. So um I mean yeah the really the the hard thing the hard thing is like not overloading my tech team with too many things right now. It's like <laughs> I've I've spoken with uh with a variety of people during this build process. And and I think one of the like the one of the main killers of startups is just trying to do too many things at once. So like really, like I want to I, I know that that's the, the end vision, but it's like, what are the small steps that we really need to execute on on the way to get there? So like in terms of the natural language stuff, like it is in our short term roadmap. But right now it's like we just need to focus on like ironing out these bugs and getting um, and getting these primary integrations just working seamlessly first is like sort of what we need to do before we start doing like any of the natural language stuff. Um, so yeah, but but th- th- that sort of is the goal. The, the way we see it is like, and ov- obviously there's a lot of like sort of natural language um, processes out in, in web two right now. One of my favorite ones that I use, I don't know if you've ever checked it out, it's called perplexity.ai. And really what it is, it's like a combination between Google and um, Google and Chat GPT, and it's just a way of interacting with the internet in a new way where like right. you ask it your questions and uh, it, it scans through a variety of the top so- or through pretty much every website, identifies which are the most reputable sources and then summarizes that for you so it's really a new way of like a new interface to the internet, but we're not really seeing anyone like building this new interface to the blockchain internet, and that's that, that's what we want to be.
1: Interesting. I'm just checking it out now. uh AI, and yeah, as you say, it's like a a mix between uh, Google and uh, and ChatGPT, like morphed together. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting. I
2: I, uh, I use that as my primary
1: browser now. As my default browser instead of Google, actually. Oh really? Yeah oh yeah and i can see you have like the tabs for images videos just like from google but then the interface is obviously mostly chat exactly uh, it just, this space is just moving so fast i mean crypto That's and exactly. ai when they come together is just impossible yeah. to keep up <laughs> exactly and speaking of uh, moving fast um in the space uh, as a whole what excites you in crypto right now i mean uh, you're obviously heads down into the space what the what else besides 42 of course that's been taken Uh, what else excites you in our industry
2: Mm, um i would say like something pretty exciting at the moment is like the network state stuff which is like i guess kind of crypto tangential in a way i don't know how how deeply you've looked into like network states or like pop-up cities but um, I'm currently actually in, in Honduras at this, at this conference called Vitalia, which is like at a self-sovereign um, state within, within Honduras. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's, it's just quite a fascinating ecosystem. There's a lot of people here who are, and I know that one of the recent Gitcoin grant rounds were for a variety of these network state cities or pop-up cities all over the world. Um, and a lot of them are receiving all sorts of grant money from Gitcoin and from Vitalik, who's a big um, like proponent of this of the sector. And I'm finding that that space to be very interesting. It's very new, but I think that there's I think most people in the space are, are crypto native, or, or a lot of them at least, um, and are looking at new innovative ways to firstly decentralize countries, but then thereafter, I think there's going to be all sorts of like way uh mechanisms for decentralized currencies within these countries um so i think i think that's quite that's quite an interesting space like there's things like i don't know if you're familiar with for example venmo in america but there's like sort of venmo applications that or uh, instant peer-to-peer payment uh, applications where you can go buy coffee very easily with like usdc on uh on, I, don't, I think it's like on optimism or something and a lot of these network states or these pop-up cities are starting to accept these payment methods but then i think there's going to be a variety of other ways of of transacting across um across these new pop-up cities which i'm finding that quite fascinating
1: beautiful i think the the guys yeah. from Bengalis also uh, one of them uh, is also there um mm. and uh, yeah i listened to one of their their podcasts uh, talking about the network state and uh, vitalik is sort of uh supporting this and you know it, to me it's it sounds more like an experiment right now but very a very interesting experiment that goes super well hand in hand with uh, with crypto and web3 that's for sure um yep yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how this uh, how this pans out Completely. um do you do you see like uh, multiple network states starting to pop up just like you see multiple ecosystems in crypto pop up is that sort of the the idea here just uh, perhaps uh, let well, dwell there's a bit uh to talk about what the what the future looks like for for states, because i think i mean i work in crypto full-time you work in crypto full-time and you know just like i that people are sitting all over the world right and uh, if you hire someone for example uh being a crypto firm or working in a crypto firm it's very difficult to uh, decide you know okay where should you register what's the different rules or regulation here that we abide to because we sit all over the world and uh, we're not just sitting static you know we we move around typically quite quite a bit mm-hmm. so i think a network state you know uh, sounds like a perfect solution to uh to 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 people like us working in this industry but you know it's a it's a booming industry and more and more people are working like this they might not be working in crypto but they work the same way, like like we do. So uh, it's only going to be a bigger and bigger issue if we don't solve it. And perhaps network states are the solution to that. Do 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 you agree with that statement or?
2: Yeah, certainly. Um, I think I think that network states are going to go through an interesting time. And and also, when I say network states, I don't even necessarily mean. I mean, it obviously includes self-sovereign states, but I don't think it necessarily includes it. I think it's even just like. A lot of my peers and friends that I've met at, like, for example, uh, Zuzalu and this Vitalia, they're, they're just forming sort of cities in random locations, which are just like pop-up cities, but not self-sovereign cities. They're just like getting a whole lot of people to move to one area for two months where they can experiment at, at a high pace. I think a lot of the, the, the goal is to sort of form more longer-term, sustainable sovereign cities. Um. But I think in the shorter term and, and like for this for this year coming up, there's a lot of just more temporary ones to like sort of refine the ideas and and, uh, and test it out. Like I think the first major one was, uh, was Zuzalu in Montenegro last year, which was obviously that two-month gathering that Vitalik uh, sponsored. And then there was one in Istanbul called Zoo Connect. And then after that, uh, Vitalik made an announcement saying that he doesn't actually want this like zoo… Um, sort of, for lack of a better word, brand to be one organisation, but actually, to, for the participants within it to to take matters into their own hands and form their own startup cities. So that sort of like dispersed the organisation, and now there's all sorts of people who are like, oh, let's form one here, let's form one here. Um, one of my good friends is. I mean, firstly, if you if anyone's interested in like checking them out, the the, the Gitcoin. There was a Gitcoin grant round where you can go and, and have a look at the, the different ones which are popping up on, on the Gitcoin website. But then one of my friends has also put together a pretty like coherent list called fora.city, which is dot city. And there's like a list of, of all of the upcoming like pop-up cities for the year.
1: Very interesting, Daniel. Very interesting so how do you want to close this thing off uh we touched upon uh, a lot of things uh both 42 of course but also uh broader into the ecosystem how uh, how do you um, want to close the thing off uh, did, did we miss anything um i mean you're obviously like
2: i think uh, yeah i wouldn't mind asking you a question if that's cool fire away yeah i mean you're obviously you guys have your uh the ethereum and the cosmos newsletters i mean what are you guys seeing in terms of like uh uh, users of this or ethereum users uh, in terms of their interest in cosmos at the moment or or how do you see the two ecosystems overlapping at the moment and what do you find
1: exciting in the cosmos ecosystem specifically sure so first on the ethereum and cosmos um, question it's funny to see how these two ecosystems uh, and technologies as a whole they start to look more and more like um i mean ethereum they have obviously their mainnet layer one and they have layer twos um and and so on um that's that starts to uh, of course there's bridging i mean ethereum is lacking ibc arguably um but you know what uh, what ethereum calls layer twos is what we call app chains in cosmos right
2: mm-hmm.
1: especially with cosmos hub uh, Becoming more and more like Ethereum Mainnet, where you can deploy things on (laughs) uh, and pay uh, gas fees in Atom, uh, just like you pay um, a gas fee in Ethereum uh, when you deploy Mm -hmm. that on Mainnet in Ethereum. It's just funny to see how they look more and more like. What I think is going to happen in terms of those two working together, perhaps Mm -hmm. it's also wishful thinking. Uh, What I hope is going to happen is that uh, more and more layer twos and uh, perhaps even ethereum mainnet is going to adopt ibc i think ibc is is the main argument for why people get into cosmos in the first place you know the whole catchphrase is an internet of blockchains and interoperability and all that it's really what Mm -hmm. you know people get attracted to in cosmos and ibc just has a a stellar track record i mean we see all these hacks and bridge hacks etc in ethereum you know, IBC mm-hmm. has lost zero, exactly zero dollars for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so just looking at the track record, it just seems like that's the way to go. Um, mm-hmm. And you can see more and more uh, EVM-compatible chains are you know, accepting that as sort of the, the superior go-to uh, messaging protocol uh, for moving stuff, moving data, moving money around uh, between ecosystems. Um, Avalanche is a good example with landslide, but there's there's definitely other ecosystems that are starting to uh, to take IBC seriously and and implement that. Mm-hmm. So those two are gonna hopefully start to uh, be able to talk to each other. um That's generally also what happens with uh, technologies that are so transformative as blockchain and the internet as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know you have sort of like a clunky ways of doing things in the beginning and then more and more the uh, the clunkiness uh, falls into the background and it becomes more and more smooth and hence easier and easier for more and more people to use uh, i i think and i hope that's what's going to happen uh, so whether you you build or you put your data on a ethereum chain or a cosmos chain or Celestia chain or whatever it is Mm. let's of let's see what happens right that's Mm -hmm. difficult to say um but uh, but yeah i think definitely cosmos has a role to play in the future of uh, of blockchain uh, no question about it Mm -hmm. so on the question of cosmos i think what what we really need is a strong hub um most people by far when they get into cosmos they they start buying atom because that's a reference point for most people right if they want to buy into the ethereum ecosystem they buy eth if they want to buy into the avalanche ecosystem they buy AVAX, etc etc mm-hmm. if you buy into if you want to buy into the cosmos ecosystem it's not clear that you need to buy atom but that's what most, most people think <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but then they realize you know okay so they buy atom on a let's say centralized exchange they should say Binance, they move that atom to cosmos hub and then historically at least uh, people realize very fast, like, oh, I can't really do much here. <laughs> I need to move that atom to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I really hope that's going to change. I really hope that we're going to have a hub where you can start most things, uh, do most things. Um, what I hope, again, this is my uh, wishful thinking here. I hope uh, in the future most people building in Cosmos they will start with uh, building on Cosmos Hub and then graduate to. Uh, from a consumer chain to an app chain mm. uh, it takes a hell of a lot of time and effort etc to attract validators um mm-hmm. you still need to attract validators of course for your consumer chain but it, it should be easier um you know renting security from customers up rather than building <laughs> your entire own uh, economic security on your own chain um so yeah i think conceptually at least it will make sense that uh, anyone who wants to build in cosmos, they start building on cosmos hub and then move on from there. Yes. Or it could be uh, just to uh, just to sort of counter my own argument. It could be that whatever works well as an app chain will be built on cosmos hub. That's kind of what we saw with the uh, stride, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, stride seems to be the winner in the LST liquid staking space, um and they uh, they quickly built a consumer chain. Uh, to leverage different kind of features for example where you can pull staked atom into being liquid staked right away you don't have to unstake it for 21 days unbonded so that's a pretty cool feature i think Uh, and there's more of that uh, these benefits building a consumer chain Still, even though you still have an app chain so maybe that's going to be the way uh, you know you're going to see App chains that really do well uh, also deploy a consumer chain, mm. Stride being the, the best example of that. In any case, what I would like to see is basically a hub that is uh, where you can do much more than you can do today. So Adam becomes, uh, a lot of people is talking about interchain money or interchain capital. You know, It really becomes the, uh, let's say capital uh, that people refer to when they refer to customers. Right now that's not the case um so yeah i would really like to see that um strong customers hub because i think it's needed for, for customers to to succeed mm. but that was a bit of mm. rant I don't no. know, uh... <laughs> super interesting I don't know if you... yeah i don't know if you uh if there's anything you disagree with of course uh you can you can tell me about the... I mean time will tell anyways right there's no uh there's no right or wrong answer here it is just uh my opinion and my my wishful thinking i guess but um uh, but yeah it's uh regardless of uh you know who's going to come out on top i think the future is bright for both ethereum and cosmos and many other ecosystems for that matter there's a uh, plenty of room for plenty of actors uh, out there um, so yeah it's going to be super interesting to see how uh, this cycle in, in particular is going to pan out, I think. Yeah, likewise. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, I just, I want to, again, like, just to to iterate that, it's like, um, I think block space is going to be, like, I mean, I think it already is a commodity to a large degree. So, like, I wonder how many more, how many more, how much more need is there for, for new chains? Like, I mean, obviously, in terms of, like, yeah. smart contract chains, there's Neutron, Injective. I mean, I think even Osmosis is pretty much a smart contract chain at this point too. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's Kajira. I mean, there, there's, there's dozens. I guess, I guess it's about community and like if a community wants a new chain. Um, but I think block space is is abundant. And, and really, I think we'll, we'll be seeing a lot of apps just deploying across these chains. And then we look at like one of our partners who, who we've built quite a lot with. It's abstract.money. And, um, mm-hmm. they essentially allow for these apps to deploy across chains very, very quickly. Um, and I wonder, I think there, there could be a lot of that just like guys who don't want to deploy of their own chain can just deploy cross-chain apps extremely quickly. But yeah, I think, I think we, we will need to see like a lot more use cases coming
1: out of coming out of this, this industry in general. For Sure. And yeah, so uh, you also asked about Wagme. So obviously, we used to be a coin club, and now we are Me, um Just because we like uh, the sentiment that we're all going to make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, what we're going to do is basically we've been focusing very much on the newsletter. We are surpassing soon uh, 13,000 subscribers, which we are super mm-hmm. proud of. We only started in, in uh, late September, so it's only been like five months i guess um starting from zero so that's pretty cool um right now we have a weekly newsletter but uh, soon enough we uh, plan to expand to having a daily where you can see daily alpha Mm -hmm. um, if you want to of course um so yeah uh, basically we want to be the place that people go to to uh, to get their crypto web3 news um so we have the newsletter and then of course we host spaces like these to to talk to builders because we want to still sort of have a what do you say like a direct line to to people building the future of our industry uh, including you guys at 42. Um, Mm -hmm. we think that has a lot of value just uh, being active in the community and not just you know sending out information like a newsletter or tweets or whatever but also hosting uh spaces like these uh hosting you know um uh, panel discussions etc to to really also uh, get other people on the stage and and you know talk about what they're building and how they see the future of our space really um so yeah that's uh that's what we're doing over here
2: cool amazing yeah i look forward to being part of that journey for sure
1: definitely Daniel, thank you so much again Amazing. for coming on, and uh, we can't wait for you guys to open up for uh, the world, open up the floodgates. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> once you have uh, gone through the entire whitelist and uh, gone out of the uh, nitty-gritty stuff that needs to happen for every product that that uh, that needs to find product market fit, there's always a period where you have to test things and you know uh, test the user base, etc. But uh, we certainly look forward to uh, to be able to uh, blast this out and, uh, and tell people about uh, 42.
2: Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much for having me again. Definitely. Take care, Daniel. Go cool. you too. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Yeah.
0: Got them acting all faithless. Yo, fam, what? Check these token knocks. They probing this rare, flexing broken honest. Oh, oh, oh. I had to lay my soul down. I'm just roasting knotters, and then to end a long day. 11 bowls of chronic. Never known the politic. I was born to frolic. It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot. We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top. We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom over impossible loss. It's all moss, and I'm liking the odds. Rondo in the morning, forming mycological bonds. Quick the cap. hostage like this shit is played for keeps clowns white knight and all these maybellies they call it implausible when model after model keeps on ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats tearing apart your community. all these low hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity gotta plan it in reach coming standard to each I'm on the back 10 stargazing after the siege commanding all the management to grab a few seats and then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming street.